Welcome to the Healthy You Gatherings podcast. We are told in John 16, that we will have troubles, and Jesus confirms that by saying, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Healthy You Gatherings allows us to come together and explore complex and difficult topics. Find benefit in learning from the one who's overcome the world, who understands that a biblical perspective will help us find peace amidst life's everyday issues. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Healthy You Gatherings, and we're going to be talking about boundaries today. And this is a topic that, in my opinion, is uh, a little confusing, um, and I'll talk about that as we go through. I think sometimes when people hear boundaries, um, it makes people feel defensive, like they've got to protect themselves. And we want to maybe bring a different perspective to boundaries. And um, you do have a PowerPoint that goes along with this, so I'll be uh, referencing the slides. And uh, I hope that you're able to follow through and get a lot out of what we're going to do today. Uh, Slide two, what do we hope to learn? Uh, The first thing is we want to identify what the purpose or the purposes of, of establishing boundaries in our lives Uh, What are those purposes? Uh, Two, we want to learn how to navigate through setting up the boundaries. Uh, Three, we want to be able to describe the essentials for setting uh, healthy boundaries. And then fourth, we want to understand what might be some hindrances to uh, setting boundaries. So if you go to slide three, what what is a boundary? What are boundaries? Uh, It's easy when you talk about things like property lines. Um, that's an easy way of, of dealing with boundaries. And so you see some of these definitions, a dividing line. So if I draw a line that marks my territory, that's the evidence that that's the boundary of my line. Uh, it's also the limit of a subject. Sometimes we set boundaries on how long we're going to talk about a topic or how much we're going to talk about a, a topic. Um, a territorial limit, which we kind of talked about before as well uh, as a dividing line. And then the fourth one, this is probably the one that relates more to relationships, is a limitation on feeling or action. And the key word there is limitation, because that is what you are doing when you are setting a boundary. You are are limiting something. Um, And just like a river has a boundary based on the two sides of the river, Um, The banks keep the river in line so that it doesn't go wild or become um, like a big pond or become stagnant. So there's a a reason behind having uh, a boundary. It doesn't mean that anything is necessarily wrong, although it could be. Um, What I would like to suggest to those of you listening is that um, being aware of boundaries is probably a healthy thing in your life. And I think... That's one of the things that we're shooting for today is, is how do we create healthy boundaries so that it doesn't feel uh, like we're just reacting to things and it doesn't feel like um, we're punishing when, when we do that. So slide four, here's the working definition that we're going to use for uh, the purpose of the podcast, that boundaries are guidelines and limits 
for interactions with others. Guidelines and limits for interaction uh, interactions with others. And the key with that is the word guidelines. Whenever you get a guide for something, a guide helps you when you're on a path. Um, and a guideline can shift. Limits can shift depending on the health of the relationship. When I was a teacher, I used to teach uh, junior high and high school. Uh, my classes had very few limits unless the behavior of the students dictated that I had to have more boundaries. And so some classes I taught had very little boundaries. We had a lot of freedom and it was a good uh, back and forth flow. Other ones, other classes, because of the behavior, had a lot of boundaries. But one thing to remember about boundaries is because they are guidelines, they're fluid. And so I try to teach people when they're setting boundaries, like a parent with a child, is that there is a pathway for the boundaries to be smaller or lessened or less strict. It doesn't mean it's forever. And I think sometimes when we're setting boundaries, we miss that because we're doing it reactionary instead of responding. So I kind of just said this, but as you look at slide five, here's a point to ponder. Boundaries create the form or the shape of a relationship, and it's not the identity. And what that means is this. A lot of times when we set boundaries in our personal life, the person who's having the boundaries set upon them can make the totality of the relationship the boundary. And so sometimes people will say things like, you don't love me uh, because you as a parent set a boundary. And helping, in this case, your uh, child to understand that this boundary is not the identity of our relationship. It is a part of our relationship. So, for instance, uh, a curfew. I don't even know if people set curfews anymore. I hope they do. But let's say that you as a parent set a boundary and you said, okay, a curfew is uh, midnight. The old adage of nothing good happens after midnight. So midnight is the boundary. And the, the child who is 17 thinks that's unfair. And so what you have is you end up having kind of an argument or you have a confrontation where they're saying, hey, this is my car. I paid for my car. All my friends get to stay out till one o'clock in the morning. This is so unfair. You don't love me and you are, you are just not a good parent. What you as the parent are doing is you are saying, hey, look, this is a boundary that I as the authority have come up with. It's not the identity of our relationship. It's not the totality of our relationship. It's just this is where we are set, and then we'll see how it goes. That way your boundary is fluid, and it's not necessarily set in stone. A lot of it depends upon the response of the person uh, who the boundary is set upon. You know, a lot of times uh, I'll tell people, be careful how people respond to boundaries or how people respond to no. Um, if people keep pushing and they don't take no for an answer, sometimes your boundaries may have to become a little more set in stone because of the lack of respect. And, and we'll get into things that make boundaries 
uh, workable if, uh, if both parties are uh, amenable to it. God's guidance is uh, the next slide, slide six. Colossians 4, 6 says, Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer each person. And I love this because we are called to be salt and light, you know. And my speech, your speech, can always be gracious even if the other person is not. Uh, You can set the tone uh, for your boundaries by how you are um, speaking to the person that you're setting this boundary upon. I can set my, my boundary with salt and I can do it graciously and they still may not not answer well. But that is a great way to uh, feel confident in setting uh, that boundary. Sometimes you have to say very hard things to people, but you can say them in a way that's loving. So for instance, going back to this example of maybe setting up a, a curfew of midnight and, and the child is arguing that they should be able to stay out later, your ability to say, hey, um, I care about you. I love you. I'm putting this in place. Let's see how it goes. But my desire is that I want you home and I want you home safely so that I have the ability uh, to be able to rest because while you're out, I may still be thinking about you and want to make sure that you're okay. So let's see how this goes. But yes, this is this is the boundary. If you notice, you're not changing the boundary. You're not going, okay, because you fussed, I'm not going to reward poor behavior. Uh, Because you fussed and you yelled, uh, I'll change my mind. Um, Now, it doesn't mean that every time you set a boundary that the other person is going to be willing to come to the table and reason together, which is what we would love to see happen. Uh, If you've ever been in a grocery store and there's a child yelling for a toy or a piece of candy, you can see that sometimes that doesn't always work. Uh, I will tell you that uh, I was raised in a household where if that happened, we just left the store. Uh, I remember my mother just leaving everything in the store one time and taking us out because we were um, uh, unruly, I guess would be the good word for that. Um, So it doesn't always work. However, if you stick to the boundaries and you stick to whatever has led to the need to create a boundary, then you are on your path to having probably a healthier relationship or it's possible that the person that you set a boundary with may leave the relationship because they don't like it. Now, that's not what we want to see happen, but it can happen. And here's why. If you go to slide seven, the purpose for a boundary, there's two things. One, it's helping you and the other person understand the end of yourself and the start of others. And why that's important is because a lot of times what people do is they blur that line to where uh, one person is responsible for everything. So, for instance, um, if a, a child is not doing well in school, uh, if the boundaries are not clear, this is when the parents do the science project for them. Uh, or this is where the parent does the um, homework for their child instead of helping the child learn to do the project and do the homework. Um, when I was a teacher, I would see that a lot where this boundary some, some, sometimes would be very gray and 
that doesn't help either person. So when you set boundaries, you're, you are trying to, and we talked about that definition, there's a dividing line. There's an end of me and there's a beginning of you. The other piece of that is the opportunity to learn a couple things. One is awareness and two is responsibility. Sometimes until you set a boundary, uh, people are not aware of their behavior and the impact it's having on other people. And what I mean by that is especially uh, people who uh, don't have a lot of uh, what they call EQ, which is emotional quotient, they're not even aware that they're hurting someone or that they're stepping on people's toes or that they are uh, infringing upon people. And so when you set a boundary, you're bringing to awareness, hey, the way you're talking to me, um, I don't I don't like. Um, you know, I used to uh, be very sarcastic and not in a funny way, but in a way that kind of demeaned people. And uh, many years ago, I had a, a, a young man tell me that um, he wasn't going to be around me anymore because of uh, I was always uh, making him kind of the butt of the joke. And that awareness was shocking. It was like cold water to me. But it, there was also a responsibility to not do that. Now, what we don't want to get caught up in is just behavior modification, just because someone sets a boundary. Really, what we want to do when our awareness and responsibility go up is we really want to go to God and say, hey, can you can you help me with this? Because a lot of times people grow up in families where being angry or being sarcastic or being rude is just normal. And then they grow up and they're in adult relationships and what they don't realize is they have brought that forth with them. And if you've been around a bunch of people who did that all the time and nobody appeared to be offended, then sometimes we get defensive when someone says, hey, I don't I don't like the way that you're treating me. Um, And so that's our our purpose for the boundaries is that we want to make sure there's clarity between us and somebody else. Now, what are some popular or some common what I call boundary breakers? And this is slide eight. The first one I hear a lot when I was dealing uh, with marriage counseling, and it's, you make me so mad. And what I would have to say to the person is, they didn't make you. You chose to get mad because of what they said or what they did. That's a different way of looking at it because the, the first comment, you make me so mad, means it's their fault. But if you change it and you say, I choose to get angry or I chose to get angry because you did something, now I'm accepting responsibility. And that makes people mad by telling them that by saying, you make me so mad, you are shifting the blame to somebody. Um, That's a tough one. That's a very common one, too, by the way. So if you hear something like that, the ability to say, just I mean, this is a boundary. The boundary is, I, I didn't make you. Now, I may have done something you didn't like, and you have the right to talk to me about it, but you chose to get angry. Now, the question becomes, why did you get angry? Just like I have to look at my own uh, behavior and words, I certainly want to help someone else do that as well. Here's another one. If you had not done fill in the blank, then I would not have done fill in the blank. So for instance, uh, if you had not spoken to me that way, then I would not have hit you. Well, we hear that and we go, well, that's ridiculous. Of course, that person is trying to put the blame on someone else. But that if-then statement is very popular and very common in uh, language, uh, unhealthy language between 
couples, between parents and children, between friends. And so if you hear that if-then statement, what you want to do is say, okay, I will take ownership for what I said or did, but you also have to take ownership for what you said or did. Um, One of the things that my wife and I adopted a few years ago was after we would have what I call an unfruitful discussion on something, I just started saying, hey, what could I have done differently? Like in our argument or in our discussion, what could I have done differently? And that was my responsibility. She also asked that question of me as well. And so we're both taking responsibility for our actions. We can't change what's happened, but we can say, hey, what could I have done differently? What would have mattered to you? What would have maybe had our discussion go a little bit differently? Um, Another boundary breaker is when people say, well, if you really love me, then you'll do this or you'll or you'll say this or you'll give me what I want. Um, That's a tough one because uh, as we hear the word gaslighting and um, different words today, what that's saying is, is the person's being really passive aggressive about their needs. And so they're shifting it. Well, if you really loved me, well, There's a doubt there. And so because there's a doubt, then the perspective of the person who's saying it is causing them to see things maybe gray instead of black and white. And so the other person is on the defensive sometimes. So instead of saying, if you really loved me, if you do love them, you say, no, I do love you. However, my behavior may not have been great, so let's talk about what I did, but we have to take that first part away. And really what that is saying is that somebody is doubting, and it's okay to say, hey, I'm, I'm doubting whether you love me or not. That's better than saying, well, if you really loved me. And um, that's, if you haven't heard our communication podcast, you may want to listen to those as well, because sometimes we, we don't talk with people, but we talk at them or we talk... Um, to them, and that's a different way of communicating where there's not um, a free exchange of ideas with each other. And then the last one, the problem isn't me, it's you. I see this a lot in marriage counseling where a lot of times wives are coming to counseling and the husband is like, well, I'm just here because she's got a problem. And again, what I say to them is, well, you know, you're both in this together, so let's see what is there for both of us. And there is a lack of awareness and a lack of responsibility when, um, when people say that. Um, slide nine, here are three actions that you'll see, whereas I gave you phrases. Um, here are some boundary breakers. One is pushing for quick intimacy. That doesn't have to necessarily be physical intimacy. It could just be like, you need to tell me everything about you. We need to be best friends. Um, I told you things about me. Now you need to tell me some, um, secrets that you have. And there's just a push to make it, um, really intimate really quickly. So if you ever feel that, again, the ability to say, hey, that's, you know, that's too fast. Because if I'm walking and you're running, then you're going to be dragging me. And so what we want to do is we really want to take a look at why is there a desire for such quick intimacy? Why can't it develop? Why can't it happen uh, at a pace that we're both comfortable with? Another way is threatening consequences. You see this a lot when relationships go sour. People will say, well, if you break up with me or you leave me, I'll hurt myself. Or if you uh, leave me or if you don't do what I want, then I'm going to 
publish these pictures or I'm going to publish all these texts that you and I or I'm going to tell so-and-so what you said about them. Um, This can be very damaging because if there's a power imbalance, again, as we look at divorce sometimes with a husband, maybe was the breadwinner and everything's in his name, his consequences, you're not going to see. If if you leave me, if we get divorced, you're not going to see my kids. You're not going to see your kids. And so if somebody is in just that that feel of threatening is a, is a boundary breaker because that's a lack of respect for somebody to the point where uh, they feel like that's the way they've got to respond. And then the last one is blaming, which we kind of did with the words as well. Um, everything can't be 100% the other person. Um, there had to be something that I can own on my part. Um, and maybe as my awareness goes up, I am able to do that. So just be aware of those. Those are definitely what I would call boundary breakers. Um, and here's slide 10. Here's a, another God's guidance. For each will have to bear his own load is Galatians 6, 5. Another way we hear that in the Bible is you got to carry your own water. And so each person has to take responsibility for their own words and their own actions. So how do I navigate boundaries in relationships? This is slide 11. Two things. I think we need to have a journey mindset versus a destination mindset, and we have to learn how to respond versus react. And journey is exactly what it means. We're going on a trip. We're, it's going to take some time, right? We're, maybe we're going to stop at different places and, and we're going to sightsee versus we have to have a label for our relationship. So for instance, uh, a great way for like a lot of people who are dating is, is, well, let's just enjoy each other's company. That's journey. Destination is we got to decide what we are. Are we dating? Are we associates? Are we just friends? Are we boyfriend, girlfriend? Are we engaged? Now, there may be appropriate times to make those labels, but when you sense that push of, hey, there's got to be a destination for this, that may give you a cause to pause. And so even in boundaries, your goal is that you're going to have a healthier relationship on the other side. So let's, let's not do this in a rush and that's where response comes in, too, is you want to think through these things, not because you got angry one day or because you got upset one day. That's a reaction. And the best way to look at that is action, reaction. That would be the equivalent of you smack me, I smack you back. Well, that's no good for either one of us. But a response is, you know in advance, this is the path that I want to take. This is the journey that I want to take. And that's where I find even in parenting a lot of times we react instead of respond. And I think the more time that we spend with God and the more that we grow with him, uh, our ability to respond goes up because we are consulting with God and maybe we're consulting with friends to say, hey, can you pray about this? I'm looking for wisdom. James 1.5 says to give me wisdom. And maybe, just maybe, instead of reacting, I can, I can begin to respond to things. Um, uh, slide 12, most boundaries are meant to be fluid. We talked about that before. It doesn't have to be a permanent thing. And the boundaries change as the relationship changes. As my relationship gets healthier, there's less boundaries. Why? Because there's probably mutual respect. There's probably a healthy um, conversation going on. There's probably good physical boundaries to the point where I don't need to have a lot because there's a lot more freedom when, when I have a, a closer relationship with you. 
um, Proverbs 22.4, this is slide 13, it says, Make no friendship with a man given to anger, no, nor go with a wrathful man. Well, if somebody's in my life that has an anger issue, there may be some boundaries. If they don't have an anger issue, maybe there's less. So telling people you can't speak to me that way is a fair boundary. So when somebody, you know, because why? A lot of times people yell and scream when they get angry. Well, whose responsibility is that? It's the person. So if they're getting angry and they lash out at you and you set a boundary and they continue to stay angry, you may have to have a harder boundary. You may have to say, I'm not going to spend as much time with you. Or when you get angry, I'm going to walk into the other room. If you want to talk through it, we can. But as long as you're staying angry and you're taking it out on me, there's going to be uh, of an appropriate boundary. Now, there's a whole series of books that are written by Cloud and Townsend, and they've got boundaries for everything. And I will repeat one thing that he says in there, and that is, do not set a boundary unless you are, he didn't say prepared, but I'm going to use the word, unless you are prepared that the relationship may end. Because it's worse to set a boundary and then allow yourself to get manipulated to not continue with the boundary than it is to set it in the first place. So he says, you said it, not that you want a relationship to end or change, but you have to realize that that could happen. Not everybody responds well to boundaries. And so just keep that in mind as if we go to slide 14, as we look at the essential ingredients for boundaries. There's three things, integrity, authenticity, and mutual respect. And integrity is just what's at the core of who you are. Uh, Integrity, if you don't have it, the rest of setting boundaries probably isn't going to get very far. And really, integrity is, again, I'm going to say it again, is the core of who you are. So as a, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, your integrity is God. It's Jesus Christ. It's the Holy Spirit. So I want to make sure that I'm being fair to somebody else. And I also want to be authentic. And what I mean by that is when... Have you ever seen ripoffs of purses or luggage or whatever? It looks pretty much the same, but it's not the same quality. I want to work on my authenticity, and I want to be as authentic as I possibly can, and that comes from becoming more like Jesus, which the Bible says that is God's desire for us. So I want to work on my authenticity and mutual respect, even if I'm the one setting the boundary. I want to be respectful of the other person's feelings and what's going on with them, but they also need to do that with me. So if you set a boundary with somebody and they blame you and they are getting angry with you and they're trying to uh, threaten you, then you don't have mutual respect. And you're going to have a hard time with the boundary. You may need a third person like a pastor or a counselor or a mentor to help you with that, to help the other person, and I've said this several times, become more aware and more responsible for their part in the situation. If you go to slide 15, uh, I summed up integrity as a combination of your morality and your ethics authenticity is being real and being actual and not being false and mutual respect is mutual dignity 
And then uh, slide 16, this is God's guidance again. Matthew 5.37 says, let what you say be simply yes or no. Uh, that's a complete sentence. No is a complete sentence. Yes is a complete sentence. But you need to stick with your word. Otherwise, if the person is testing boundaries, then they will probably not believe you in the future when you set one. So what is a deterrent? What keeps us from setting boundaries or keeping boundaries from sticking? And this is slide 17. I think there's three fears. One is rejection, one is abandonment, and one is conflict. If you're afraid of being rejected, then you probably will not have a good time setting up boundaries because there will always be the fear that the person's going to reject the boundary and then reject you, which may lead to being abandoned. It's possible that you set a boundary with somebody and they walk away from the relationship. Um, so again, going back to what Cloud and Townsend said is you have to realize that's in the realm of possibilities. And if you're not okay with that, and if you're not, you don't think you can handle that, then you probably need to talk to someone before you do that because you may step out too far and then the boundary gets broken through and then you say, okay, sorry, I didn't mean to do that. And then you're in a worse place than you were before. The other piece is conflict, the fear of conflict. Conflict is normal in relationships. It doesn't have to be disrespectful, but we're going to have conflict. How do we deal with conflict in a productive way. And so if you're not sure how to deal with conflict, that may be your first step because that may be part of why the boundaries have to be set in the first place is because maybe there is conflict and you're not engaging in a, in a healthy way. And so we can, uh, here in Care Ministries, we can certainly help you with that. And then in verse 18, excuse me, um, slide 18, uh, God's guidance tells us in Isaiah 41, 10, fear not for I'm with you. So if you are fearful and you're not sure about what's going on and how to go about this, um, God is telling you not to be fearful. And if you go to slide 19, you'll see something that says beyond today. And you'll see a way to get in touch with us. Uh, you're also going to hear it on the on the uh, outro here of how to get in touch with us at Care Ministries and what the email is and the phone number. Help, we will help you. Uh, we want to help you, and so please uh, use us as a resource um, to kind of give you some help on maybe how to navigate through uh, setting these boundaries that that you may need to uh, in your life. And so. Um, you know, with that, I want to pray for you. And, and again, by no means is this the totality of it, um, but it is a good start on maybe getting your mind around, well, what are some boundaries that I may need to um, take a look at? So with that, let me, uh, let me pray for you, and then we'll end our time today. God, we do thank you for um, you, and we thank you for your word. We thank you for your spirit. And Lord, as we talk about these, uh, these topics, uh, especially this one on boundaries, God, I just pray for your wisdom. I pray for you to guide us as we um, maybe have to have some tough conversations and maybe we have to set up some boundaries um, and maybe we're fearful. Uh, God, I pray that you'll help us with that, that you'll remind us that you're with us and that you'll also help maybe the person who's going to have a boundary set upon them to respond in a way of not anger or running away, but more of, hey, I want to understand why we're at the place that we're at, because sometimes we just need help. 
And uh, God, I just pray that you will help anyone who's listening to this uh, to reach out and to get the help that that they do need. And God, we will certainly uh, look to you for all the help that we need. And Jesus, we, uh, we offer up all of these prayers in your name. Amen. Thanks again for listening to Care Ministries podcast from Brooklyn Church. If you would like more information about today's topic or you need support, you can call us at 864-688-8355 or email us at careministries at brookwoodchurch.org. To find out more about what Care Ministries offers, please visit www.brookwoodchurch.org care. We'd love to be an encouragement to you as we walk together in a healing relationship with Christ. Until next time, God bless.